On this episode, I return to the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, where I'll hike Rainbow Falls Trail as far as Rainbow Falls. Before I get started with the trail description, I'd like to thank the new podcast listeners in New Zealand. Our community of listeners now includes people from 16 countries. Wherever you are, I really appreciate your support. A quick update on Laurel Falls Trail in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, which I hiked on Season 2, Episode 6. The National Park Service is planning to close the trail for 18 months, starting sometime in 2024, to make improvements related to some of the issues that I brought up on that episode, including resurfacing and widening the paved trail, expanding and improving available parking, and including a shuttle service. They also plan to implement a timed entry parking reservation system for the trailhead. I wonder how that will work. As I mentioned on that episode, this trail had more hikers than I had ever witnessed outside of some popular trails in Yosemite and Yellowstone, and the parking situation was really challenging, to say the least. So if you're planning to hike Laurel Falls Trail in 2024 or 2025, I'd recommend visiting the park's website to make sure that it's open and to learn more about this time entry reservation thing. Also be aware that Interstate 40, which runs on the north side of the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, will be down to one lane on each side in North Carolina from exit 20 to mile marker 18 due to bridge repair. This will occur from November 2023 through May 2024. I anticipate that there will be long backups on this road during busy times of day. There are alternative routes, but they will add a lot of miles to your journey. If you're planning to be on that road during the next few months, I would check the North Carolina Department of Transportation website for status updates. Please also remember to check out photos and videos that I've taken during my various hikes. They can be found on Instagram using my Instagram name, Goosehiken. You can find information about how to reach me on Instagram as well as a link to the Park Service's webpage on this trail in the show notes. Rainbow Falls is one of the waterfalls that is highlighted on the park's website. It's 80 feet high and produces a rainbow from the mist it creates on sunny afternoons. Hopefully I'll see a rainbow today. The falls is the highest single drop waterfall in the park. The trail runs adjacent to LeConte Creek, which was called Mill Creek prior to the establishment of the park. It was called Mill Creek because there were many grist mills along the creek during that era. According to my research, I should see a lot of boulders along the trail and will cross the creek on a couple of narrow footbridges along the way. I anticipate that the trail should be in good shape as a major improvement project was completed on it a few years ago. Some of the trail damage that required the improvement project was due to a very large fire in the area in 2016. The trail is accessed from the Roaring Fork area of the park via the Roaring Fork Motor Nature Trail, which is located in the Gatlinburg, Tennessee area. Rainbow Falls is one of five trails 
that eventually lead to Mount Lecotte, one of the highest peaks in the eastern U.S., and the Lecotte Lodge, which is a hike-in-only lodge that is quite popular with hikers from all over. I'm not going that far on this hike. My hike to the falls and back will be about 5.4 miles long. While the trail is considered moderate in difficulty in this area, there will be a 1,500 feet elevation gain during this hike. That elevation gain can make the hike much more difficult for some hikers. The park website indicates that the hike will take between three and five hours. I'll check in again with you on the halftime report. I arrived at the trailhead at about 10 a.m. this morning. I took the Roaring Fork Motor Nature Trail and along the way I passed the Bud Ogle Homestead which was just off the road. That might be something you want to check out on your way here. It's a two-lane road and eventually it splits into a one-way loop. I arrived at a small parking lot where the trailhead is. Uh, there is an outhouse there. Uh, not a lot of parking there, but I did see a sign that there was additional parking further down the trail. And uh, the parking lot uh, was nearly full, but the trail hasn't been all that busy. Um, I was greeted by a search and rescue person who wanted to know if I had any questions. He was right at the trailhead. And the only question I had was related to the the rocks and how, how rocky it was. And he said, uh, yes, indeed, this was uh, quite a rocky trail and that use of hiking sticks uh, might be a good idea. And I did actually bring a couple of collapsible hiking sticks with me just in case it got to the point where I needed them. The incline was pretty darn steep the entire way to the falls and it was very rocky. It's much steeper than uh, the other recent trails that I've hiked in the Smokies and frankly a little bit more challenging uh, than those trails were. You can see all the trail improvements that they talked about along the way. Uh, they have stone or wooden steps or stairs periodically. That must have been a lot of work. And they built rain diverters to stop soil erosion. Those are made out of stone or wood also. The weather's nice. Um, it's been in the mid-50s the whole hike. This is a mid-November morning. Like I said, the trail was not that busy. I passed a few hikers uh, going uh, down, and I passed a few hikers who were taking a break going up. As far as wildlife, I saw a nice flock of turkeys that didn't seem all that afraid of me. I also saw zillions of chipmunks, many of whom also were not afraid of me. As a matter of fact, a couple of them crossed the trail just inches from my feet. I saw quite a few squirrels along the way. I did cross a very rustic wooden bridge with a handrail and a small stone bridge with no handrail that was pretty low to the, the creek. And I had to rock hop across the stream a couple of times along the way. And at the, the falls, 
there is a rustic bridge made of rock that also has a wooden handrail on it. Um, the falls, I'm sorry to say, was quite a disappointment. There was barely, or there is barely, a trickle of water coming over the falls. Um, I guess it's because it's been so dry lately in these parts. Um, it's not at all like the photos on the website show. At least not today. Uh, it reminds me a lot of my uh, disappointment with uh, Lower Yosemite Falls, which was kind of a similar situation uh, with very, very little water coming over the falls. And that was uh, an episode I did in Season 1. So I'm taking a break now. Then I'll take the return hike back down the trail and to the Goosemobile. Since this is going to be pretty much all downhill, it should be pretty easy going as long as I'm careful with my foot placement. I'll check in again after the wrap-up. It was a much easier return hike. It was all downhill. But I still had to be careful of my footing. I didn't end up using the telescoping hiking poles I had put in my day pack today. But many hikers were using hiking poles or wooden hiking staffs. It's probably a good idea to use them on this trail because of the rocks and boulders and the streams you'll cross. I passed quite a few hikers of all ages headed up the trail to the falls while I was walking down the trail. The trail was much busier in the early afternoon than in the morning. Some of those hikers I encountered were teenagers or preteens. They seemed to be doing well on the hike, however, I think it might be too much for kids who are smaller. I ran into the search and rescue volunteer again. This time he was headed up the trail. I shared my disappointment with the trickle of water going over the falls. He said it was due to very dry conditions in recent weeks. We spoke for a while. He told me that the falls were impressive in the winter when it is ice covered. He recommended wearing micro spikes on your hiking boots in those conditions for safety. I passed a couple going up the trail that were struggling. They were well over a mile from the falls and were taking a break. They were out of water, so I gave them some of mine. I also shared with them a photo of the falls and my disappointment with the water volume. I did this so they might reconsider hiking the rest of the way since they were challenged by the trail. I hope things turned out well for them. They weren't the only ones that I saw struggling today. This encounter made me think that it's probably a good idea to carry extra water in case you need to help out fellow hikers. I'll try to remember to do that going forward. While I was disappointed with the falls, I really enjoyed the hike. The weather was nice. I saw some turkeys. I saw some nice scenery. I had a few nice conversations with other people on the trail. My GPS watch indicated that my total hike today was about 5.7 miles. The published distance is 5.4 miles. The hike took me less than three and a half hours. However, I took my time taking photos and videos and chatting with other hikers. So I think I could have completed the hike in less than three hours without those distractions. But I always have distractions on my hikes. If you're physically capable, I would recommend this trail for a day hike if you're in the Gatlinburg, Tennessee area. 
However, it's probably a good idea to make sure it's rained in the area during the previous weeks so that your view of Rainbow Falls was better than mine was today. I will post photos and videos taken during this hike on Instagram. My Instagram name is Goosehikin. That's G-O-O-S-E-A-H-I-K-I-N. Also, I'd really like your feedback on this episode as well as the podcast in general. If you could reach out to me on either Instagram or X, formerly Twitter, and give me some feedback, I would greatly appreciate it. My name on Twitter is Goosehiking also. If you listen to the podcast on Spotify, you should be able to provide feedback directly from that platform. I also would very much like to see your photos and your comments from your hiking journeys via Instagram or X, so feel free to share them. For those of you interested in helping out the hiking community, here are a few upcoming dates that might be of interest to you. The Mountains to Sea Trail in North Carolina has workdays scheduled on December 2nd, 4th, 9th, and 16th. More information can be found on mountainstoseatrail.org. The Poplar Bluffs Trail in Missouri has workdays scheduled for December 4th, 7th, 11th, and 19th. Their website is poplarbluffstrail.org. And finally, for those of you into backcountry cross-country skiing, the Catamount Trail in Vermont has workdays scheduled on December 2nd, 3rd, and 9th. For more information, check out their website, catamounttrail.org. If you enjoy this podcast, please send a link to your hiking friends. That would really go a long way toward helping to continue to grow our community. This podcast is available on all the major podcast platforms. Also remember to rate and comment on this episode on the podcast platform you use as the more ratings and comments given, the higher it ranks on the platform's search algorithm, which can help to further expand our community of listeners. I'm really fortunate that my new home provides me with many, many hiking opportunities because of my proximity to the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, the Appalachian Trail, and numerous state parks. Sorry if it sounds like I'm bragging. I I guess I am, just a little. That being said, there are likely many hiking opportunities close to you. Even if you don't live near national or state parks, I encourage you to seek out hiking opportunities in your area so that you can spend a little time outdoors soaking up nature and getting some exercise. At my previous home, I found a lot of hiking opportunities in county and city parks, as well as numerous greenways throughout the city and surrounding communities. If you need a little help finding those hiking trails, There are numerous websites and mobile apps that can help you. First, take a look at the parks and recreation websites in your general area. Often, if there are hiking trails or greenways provided by local towns, cities, and counties, they'll be highlighted because they're proud of them. Likewise, look at the websites of your state park division. For most of us, there are state parks with hiking trails within a reasonable drive from your home. You may find that there are state parks with hiking trails a lot closer to your home than you realize. 
Some of the hiking specific websites or mobile apps that I've used in the past include All Trails, Trail Forks, Hiking Project, Strava, and Trail Link, which highlights former railroads now used as trails. In my search for hikes, I have found a large number of completed or in progress trails on old railroad beds. So the conversion of rail to trail is a very popular thing right now. These are usually combination biking and hiking trails. An example of this type of trail covered on one of my previous episodes is the Virginia Creeper Trail, Season 1, Episode 5. You can even find trails via a search on Yelp in some cases. Please be aware that many of these websites and apps do charge a membership fee for access to detailed information on trails. They usually offer some information without a paid membership. I found the free versions sufficient for my needs. I am, after all, extremely cheap. You can also find some hiking trails on the U.S. National Forest Service website or app. Please note that this is a different governmental entity than the National Park Service. You should also search the National Park Service website for parks near you. You may find some lesser known national parks that are close to you. You may also be able to find some hikes near you by searching all the various episodes of this podcast. Lastly, search out long-range hiking opportunities in your area. Many states have long-range hiking trails that are maintained by foundations or other nonprofits. Examples of these from some of my previous podcast episodes include the Mountains to Sea Trail and the Palmetto Trail, Season 1, Episode 4, 9, and 12. I don't know of a better way to find these long-range trails than to do a simple search on DuckDuckGo, Google, or another search engine. I think if you dig around a bit, you'll very likely find some nice hiking opportunities close to you. A final thought. Enjoying the great outdoors is exciting and fun. But don't engage in strenuous physical activities that are beyond your capabilities or your physical condition. Make sure you know what wildlife you may encounter on your journey so you can be prepared. Also make sure that you carry an emergency medical kit, water, and a map. And always stay on the trail.